Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. I told them, even though I was, I was scared, I gathered some courage and told them that I'm here to teach the class. Some of them, they start fidgeting. They turn and look at each other. How can this young man teach a class? And when I taught that class, when I started talking, they gave me the attention I never expected you give to me. I taught a good class that day. And after teaching, and in the middle of my lessons, I realized that some of the people, the big boys, they started taking notes. And I knew I might have been saying something good. And when the class ended, next day they came and saw my professor. A group of students requested, can you see him many more times? <laughs> Why am I saying this? I say this not to throw flowers on myself that I'm good. I say this to one, make, one, make one thing clear. There are many stars that don't shine because they don't have the opportunity or they don't know how to shine. I'm positive some of my classmates might have done a better job than me that day. But I was sent. I was caught. My professor trusted me out of his many students that I would deliver what he wants me to deliver. And the outcome was successful. The feedback was good. That's the trust God put on us, the men, by entrusting us with his precious garden of Eden. That I should not just work on it, but take care of it. You work on it and you take care of it. To make sure it's productive, to make sure you plant seeds as they grow, you harvest crop, you continue to plant, to plant seeds. Keep the garden clean with it and reap the fruits, but remember that as you are reaping, you are also planting for posterity, for the future generation. Stars that never shine. God is not a dumb God. He cannot give you what you will not do. And I don't intend to talk for very long here. But I want to draw your attention to a few things. Many of us don't shy for several reasons. The cares of life, the distractions, the doubt, the fear, the, the feeling of unworthiness. My dear brothers, I will like Moses. You remember, from the very start, Moses was too afraid. He was too scared when God, God called on him. He was concerned with many things, but two principal things. He was scared that he was scared to face a powerful king like King Pharaoh. He was also scared that the people would not obey him. They would not follow him. Are you too scared? Are we the men too scared to do what God called us to do? 
are we like Moses? As Moses, remember, when Moses answered the call of God, he was successful. Because God's calling on our lives is not contingent upon our abilities. It is contingent upon our obedience. God cannot send you without equipping you for success. Yes, Moses was scared. But he succeeded because he obeyed what God assigned him to do. Stars that never shine. Moses was a star that was not shining until God said, oh, Moses, get up, wake up, boy. I have an assignment for you. Are we stars that are not shining? Must God come and remind us again that you are a man. I placed you in my garden. I entrusted you to take care on this garden and to work on this garden. Does God need again to come and wake us up to do the right thing? Does God need to come and wake up, us, us up again to take care of our families? To do the right thing in our family, in our church, in our society, in our nation, and in our world. Stars that never shine. Are we like Gideon? Gideon felt too weak. You know, Gideon was hiding when the Midianites took over Israel. He was hiding. Uh, he was he felt too weak. He was scared. He was he was weak. He felt I'm too weak, too weak to fight. But when he answered God's call, he was successful. He became an unbeatable warrior, an outstanding general. And for 40 years, he led his people well. Are we like Gideon? Do we feel too weak? To have an impact in our church, to have an impact in our family, to have an impact in our society, to have an impact in our nation, to have an impact in this world. Or are we like Jeremiah? Who thought he was too young and could not even speak? Jeremiah. When God called on him, he said, oh, God, I'm young, but I cannot even talk. I'm just young. But when God touched his mind, asked him, go and, and talk to nations. He's one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. And again, like Gideon, who did for 40 years, for 40 years, Jeremiah was a great prophet of God. Stars that never shine. Moses could not shine. He didn't know he could even shine. Gideon didn't know he could even shine. Especially when facing the mighty Midianites. Jeremiah thought he couldn't shine. 
but he did shine when he answered the cause of God. But remember again what I said before. God's calling is not based on our competence. It's based on our obedience. Or maybe are we like the centurion? The centurion who called Jesus Christ to come and he sent his, one of his men to invite Jesus Christ to come and pray for his terminally ill servant. And when Jesus was about to come, he said, oh, never mind, don't come. I'm unworthy. Are you, do we feel unworthy like the centurion? Too unworthy to lead in our family, lead in our church, lead in our society, lead in our nation, and lead in this world. Jesus went and he took care of his servants. He healed the man. And he said, because of your faith. Because he said, oh, who am I? How can God come to my house? I'm just a centurion. Do we say, oh, I need to go to Bible school. I need to graduate as a pastor to do the work of God. I need to graduate as a pastor. I need to be a preacher to go and evangelize. I need to be an ordained man of God to do what God has called me to do. Do we need to do that? Do we feel unworthy? Do we feel that nobody will listen to us? Or are we like the woman with an issue of blood? Who felt so untouchable? As her culture made it, she was seen as a dirty thing. She was viewed as somebody so dirty that nobody would touch Being untouchable can be disgusting. You feel a sense of rejection. I remember I taught in India, as I mentioned before, and those of you who have read the life of India, studied about India, you may have come across something called the caste system. The Brahmins are the top, and the Dalits are the last, the least of the least in society. The Dalits were called the untouchable in India. Everywhere born a Dalit, no matter your level of education, no matter your achievements in life, no matter your financial ability, you cannot promote yourself to the next class. You are condemned to be where you were born. They went through so much pain. They worked for the upper classes. They would use their bare hands to, to pull dry feces from the toilets of the rich. We work without gloves. They were not allowed to go out during the day. They can go out early at night and come back before daybreak. They were not, they were untouchable, unseeable, not even to see them. It was too difficult for them to the point that when they were walking, they would carry brooms because they have a special path, area to walk. Why do they carry brooms? So that if they mistakenly step on the path meant for the upper classes, they will clean the spot. 
they carry the earthen pots to make sure they spit there. If they want to spit and they happen to spit, they will be sanctioned. If a dali was caught listening to the music meant for the upper classes, molten pot was poured into their eyes so that it should permanently be death. I had a meeting with a, a number of them in India when I was there. Some of them have become professors. Things have changed. When Gandhi, Muhammad Gandhi came, he called them the children of God, which he loved them too in India. Similarly, you see what Christ does. When the woman with issue of blood came, she publicly called her my daughter. Therefore, my brothers, do you feel untouchable? Do you feel that you are so low? You have the lower class? You don't have enough education? You are not from a reputable family. You live in a poor neighborhood that you cannot do the work of God. Do you feel like a Dalit in the kingdom of God? Are you a star that never shines? Stars that never shine. If you were a Gideon, or let's say if you were a Moses, Get up, you'll win. If you were a Gideon, trust me, you'll win. If you were a Jeremiah, you'll do well. If you were a centurion, you'll do well. If you were the rejected, the untouchable, and even the unseeable, like the woman with the issue of blood, God is still calling you my son. And therefore, empower you to take care of his works in this world. I know it is not easy. I understand that. It's difficult. America is a nation of speed, everything fast paced. To the point that even when students are sitting for exams, it is not whether you've known the right thing or not. It is how quickly you have known it. It's something very different from Cameroon. A student may be given like many hours. So before you leave that place, want to be sure whether you know it or not. But here it is different. I'm not condemning the system. But it's just a difference. So therefore, are we slow in catching fire. Which are those things that want to stop your light? That want to stop your fire? Which are those things that you need to stop from stopping your fire? I know. You cannot do anything without the empowerment of God. And you need prayers and faith. And you know the Bible is predicated on three things. Promises, principles, and prophecies. The three Ps. Promises, principles, and prophecies. 
And we pray for four reasons. There are four reasons why we pray. There are four reasons we pray. I know we cannot do this on our own. We pray for one, spiritual for growth and transformation. For growth and transformation. For your star to shine, you need to first of all pray for growth and transformation. And of course, we need to be very specific with our prayers. Oh, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, God. What are you asking for? Be specific in your request. Help me, God, on what? Just imagine a child comes to you and says, Daddy, please, Daddy, please. Say, yes, Lord, I want to help you, but what do you need? Please, even though you may know, but talk to me what you need. It is only when you are specific with your prayers, asking God for specific things, then you can know how to testify when those things come. Therefore, four, four reasons. For spiritual growth and transformation. If you doubt, I go to Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Second, we pray for to make requests and obtain God's promises. That's the second reason we pray. To request and to obtain the promises of God. What do you do? You request and you obtain the promises of God. So now that you pray for spiritual growth and transformation. The next step, what do you do? You are asking, you are requesting and obtaining his promises because of your spiritual growth and transformation. So pray again to seek, to request and obtain God's promises. You can see Philippians 4, chapter 6. Philippians 4, 6. The third thing we pray, we pray for spiritual legislation. Spiritual legislation. When we decree and declare, that's a spiritual legislation. When we say, I decree and declare, that's spiritual legislation. Now that you've obtained growth and transformation, now that you've sought and obtained the promises of God, you are therefore asking God to give you the power of spiritual legislation for me to decree. I declare that no enemy will take away my fire. You've, that's the decree of passing. You can go, you can see Job 22 Line 28. On Numbers 14, verse 28. About spiritual legislation. 
Again, Job 22, 28, and Numbers 14, 28. And in all this at the end, the fourth one, you want to be able to engage spiritual warfare. Because our battles are not physical. They are spiritual. And life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. When you deliver somebody, you first of all spiritually deliver the person before physically delivering the person. So life is spiritual. Therefore, we pray. the four reasons we pray, as I said, is for what? Spiritual warfare and what? Intercession. You can see this in Ezekiel 22, verse 29 through 31. Spiritual warfare and intercession. Therefore, as we pray, I will say our light is not shining. The light that never shines. Or the stars that never shine. We engage in prayers and have faith. And remember, faith is not thinking that God can do it. And not hoping that God can do it. It's knowing that God will do it. There must be certitude. It cannot be one leg in, one leg out. God says, faith as little as the mustard seed can move mountains. So pray and have faith. So in essence, there are stars that never shine. Because as I said, they lack energy and luminosity or light, brightness. And those stars don't shine because of several reasons, some of which I've named. I use Moses as an example who was too afraid. I use Gideon who felt too weak. I use Jeremiah who felt too young. I use the centurion who felt too unworthy to call God to his house. And I use the woman of the, with the issue of blood who felt so untouchable. And I know I'm reminding us that you cannot do this on your own because, of course, we have to be praying for God to empower us. And I said the third time, his calling is not because of our competence, abilities, but because of our obedience. And that he will equip us when he calls us. And I've reminded us that we pray for basically four reasons. And I wonder whether there's any other reason we pray out of the four I've given. Growth and transformation as in Jude 120. Requesting obtaining God's promises as in Philippines 1, uh, 4, chapter 6. For spiritual legislation, as I mentioned, Jobs 
22:28 and Numbers 14:28. Or you go, you are praying because you want to go to spiritual battle and you want to intercede, maybe for your church, maybe for your family, maybe for your society, maybe for your nation, maybe for the world. And as I can see that in Ezekiel 22, 29 through 31. Therefore, my brothers, we've been empowered by God from the very beginning, from the genesis of his word, from the beginning of his word. He's placed us in the garden. Work on it and take care of it. We don't want to be people whose stars don't shine. You need to take an action. Take the first step and God will support you. When Lazarus died, when Jesus came, Jesus was late for many, but he was just on time. Because he did what he was supposed to do. And when Jesus came, he didn't just, he, some action took place before Lazarus was brought. They have to pull the stone away for him to come out. You have to first or pull the rock away. God didn't just say, come out, and he walked through the rock. He said, pull away that rock. Do something yourself. Take an action and I will support you. Have you ever thought of what would have happened had they refused to pull away? That would be an act of disobedience. But you say, pull away. Not that Jesus cannot pull it. Not that Jesus cannot ask Lazarus to walk through that. The rock. No. But you say, take some action and I will act. Because when we act, heaven reacts. So as men, what are those baby steps that we are taking so that God will grow us, will empower us, so that God will transform us, so that God will give us his promises, so that God will give us authority over principalities and powers, so that God will create a divine assembly, a divine house of Congress, and a divine senate where we can legislate. Now that our enemies are everywhere evident. They want to engulf us. They want to destroy our society. Now that our enemies around the world are rising. Israel must go down. America's position in the world must be diminished. Now that the innocent in Palestine, some of the innocent ones, because not everybody is a bad person there, there are some innocent people there who are caught in this web of violence. Now that they are all suffering, can you, have you grown yourself? Have you transformed yourself to the point that even from the U.S. I can pray and say, my God, who answers by fire, I declare total peace. I declare reconciliation. I declare the liberation of those hostages. Children, women, the old, the young. I declare 
the end of any terrorist group that is out to destroy. We can do this only if we take the first step. We can do this only when we let our stars shine. The fact that the stars exist means they can shine. They need, what again? Energy and brightness. Can we let our stars shine? You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.